Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello guys, welcome to our show. Today we discuss about technical SEO, how you can provide technical audit to find all errors, find the way how to increase website speed to fix all bugs, errors that you might have. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Nikki Hollywell. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here and talk all things tech SEO with you today. Nice, nice. Love it. Nikki, before we start, just tell more about your self-experience, background, about your real background that you have. I like it. You know, because if you have great environment, you can get better results and have this positive mindset. So anything about you that can help listeners to learn more about you. Yeah. So all these funky looking posters all around, like the, the wall around my room, I know you can only see behind me, but a lot of them come from coincidentally how I got started in SEO. So I actually used to work in the music industry. So a lot of these posters are, are from that as well as a few from musicians that, that I just enjoy. And it's kind of from there that I fell into SEO, which tends to be the case with, with a lot of people that that I know. I don't know many people that actually set out with the vision to to work in SEO. We, we all kind of fell into it. But yeah, I like it. You know, they're all like lovely, colourful posters and people like yourselves always ask about them and wonder wonder what they are, especially that big uh, black and yellow one behind me because that's um, like a signed poster from a, um, a festival. So all of the bands uh, that played in that particular festival signed it. It's called Handmade. So that's mm-hmm. quite cool. But yeah, I mean, like getting to to know a bit more about my professional background to, to answer your question as well yeah so like I say like I was I was working in music I was like leading the the marketing department there for this independent company and then they needed a new website I was in marketing so they come to me and said Nikki build was a new website and I'd never done that before my job before that was around getting reviews for the musicians we were getting them featured in magazines we were getting them included in like Spotify podcasts and all that kind of thing so I was like yep I can do that didn't have a clue so I went away and did a little bit of research and the website was was built on WordPress which I was already very familiar with so I went to see how how you could build a website and what makes a website work and that's basically how I got into SEO once we'd got that site live and I figured out what we did well and of course what we did wrong um learned a lot from that and then that was it. I was I was kind of hooked on SEO from from there. And then when I when I left that company, I was able to get my first agency job, um, at an SEO agency um, in Manchester over here. So yeah, I guess from from there, the rest is history. Really, that that had me hooked. And then I knew that it was it was tech SEO that that I wanted to specialize in. Nice, awesome, love, love it, love love your background. And Nikki, I want to ask you the first question about your music background, how this background can help you in SEO. It's interesting because I spoke with many marketing experts and all of them, almost all of them have different background, like uh, journalism, writing, design, development, but you have music background. (laughs) So can you tell how this experience can help you today in SEO to be more creative or anything that uh, you use from previous experience in SEO? <laughs> yeah, sure. So for me, it was more, it was it was basically working in-house. And, you know, we did have other people that, that helped us and, and now I work agency side. So for me, it allowed me to see really early on in my career 
what it's like for the client side. So it allows me to sympathize a lot more and also understand the challenges that the in-house businesses face so that when I'm putting my my issues across on the back of an audit or just talking to them on, on everyday calls, I can really understand a lot more from where they're coming from and the stakeholders that, that they might have to deal with and the challenges that they face. So I'm able to tailor my conversations around that, which which really helps. And yeah, there's there's definitely a creative side to it definitely able to incorporate that in, in a lot of the work we do but the the main thing for me is just understanding the the challenges that, that they tend to face mm-hmm. nice nice okay let's start uh with the first question how to create or provide or i don't know anything about technical seo audit the best way tools uh checklists guide any anything that can help our listeners to understand where to start (laughs) where to start okay so yeah in terms of tools obviously you need to know what website you're auditing that's obviously the number one thing that everybody needs you can do a lot of it with free tools though so you need access to like google analytics and google search console or whatever third parties um they, they might be using um, to start with analytics, um, I use Screaming Frog. That's usually my my go-to. Uh, here at Journey Further, we've also got a range of other tools. So we have uh, OnCrawl, which is our cloud crawler that we use. Um, very similar to, to DeepCrawl, if, if you've ever used any tools like that. That is, of course, a paid tool. Um, but it allows us to crawl much larger websites and it does it on the cloud so it doesn't slow down our websites uh sorry it doesn't slow down our laptops and take up any uh unnecessary memory on that it, it does it all on the cloud and then we're able to just log in and, and get the insights we need and that, that's also scheduled which is a lot more useful so we can just come back to work each week and we've got you know fresh data there for all of our websites what else do we use we've also got like free google tools like you know um page speed insights uh, for looking at, at site speed and everything else. I mean, there's there's so many free tools that you can use. I mean, I've even got like a, a spreadsheet of, of tools that that I could share with you. Um, and you can share that with the audience after after the podcast if, if you think that would be useful. Um, but that includes like a mix of paid and free tools. There's, there's hundreds of tools that I've included on that. And, you know, they're all for, for different for different uses. But I'm, I'm happy to share that. Um, but things like SEM Rush and Ahrefs are all on there as well for looking at like backlinks and and keywords, keyword data and everything else. And you, you need all of this as part of your audit. And it's all about what you do with all of this information and and how you bring it together. Um, and from there, obviously, what you're going to do about it to to make a difference for for your clients. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, if you can share the list, it will be great. I'll submit to the podcast episode because I always review tools because I have my tool uh, right now. We are devel- developing, innovating this tool. Uh, we'll see a new version soon. But yeah, I love using uh, all great tools. Uh, but, you know, uh, let me ask you how to choose tools that uh, must have. Because, you know, it's interesting. Okay, we have 100 tools, but I don't think it's a good idea to use uh, 100 tools, you know, to check out technical SEO. Because all mm-hmm. tools have advantages disadvantages, uh, and your tips how to choose the right tools according to website preferences, problems. So any tips about that? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you, you don't need to use every tool under the sun. Um, 
it depends what industry the website's in. So if they're an e-commerce business, you might focus on different areas than if they're a service-based business. Um, even just in, down in terms of like the the schema that they have on the website, how access that. So obviously, like an e-commerce website, they're going to have things like review schema and and pricing schema and things like that. Whereas that won't be the case on a on a service-based business. So I adjust um, the tools that I use and how I look at them based on that. Um, there's also what challenges they, they they might be facing so sometimes i might use like if, if i'm looking at like like site speed for example a lot of the time one of my favorites is actually called gt metrics um you can use a paid version as well as a free version of that and i kind of start at that as as like a base but then if i see a lot of issues coming through on um on gt metrics or i think there's more going on in terms of the site speed that can be holding it back then i'll then use webpagetest.org and that's really useful because it runs three tests you can do more if you want to but um the default is is three tests that it runs but then it digs a lot deeper into the issues and allows you to test them across different devices in in a much more seamless way so -hmm. that allows me to get much deeper insights as to what site speed issues may be affecting a site which you know is is different for for every audit and for every every client Mm-hmm. You mentioned a few times about website speed. I think it's very important. You know, it's not mm-hmm. only about getting high ranking positions. It's more about your customers because people are impatient. They want to get uh, content as much as possible. And, uh, uh, for example, Amazon invests billion dollars to increase yeah. website speed. That's why uh, when we open any content on Amazon, it loads like for a moment, you know, it's not like a two, three, five seconds, you know, big content, uh, long content with a lot of pictures, high quality pictures, information loads fast because Amazon yeah. knows it's important to have this website speed. And according to a few studies, uh, people bounce websites after two, three seconds of loading. So, yeah, they are not willing to wait <laughs> extra seconds you know because they want to get it now so can you tell where to start for example if someone want to increase the website speed do we need to check out on tools and then uh and any tips after getting this analysis for example tools usually can tell okay fix such errors uh, clean your code uh, uh, reach out to your hosting you know so yeah uh, any tips about increasing website speed I think it's really important to focus on the user. I mean, all of these tools are great, um, but one of the reasons why I like GT Metrics and Web Page Test over some more of like the Google tools like PageSpeed Insights is because they provide real timings rather than giving your website a score out of 100. I mean, that's great to have 100 out of 100, but what does that actually mean in terms of your users? It doesn't mean anything. Whereas with the others, if I can see that my website's loading in two seconds or if it's loading in 10 seconds, then obviously that's something that, that I can take a lot more action on and I know what to do rather than having having a score of 100 or like a red or green light or whatever the case may be. And I think that's important to mention, especially based on some of the announcements that, that Google has made recently, like them starting to retire some of the ranking signals like mobile um, mobile friendliness test. And that doesn't mean that they're not important anymore. That just means 
in my opinion, that they're retiring them because people are focusing too much on getting a good score on tools like that rather than actually improving the uh, improving the site speed for the benefit of the user, which again is goes back to to why I prefer some of those other tools. So yeah, don't focus on a score. Don't focus on on anything like that. Look at what your users are doing and how they're interacting with the site, and you can use various tools to do that as well as the ones that I've mentioned you can do like various a b tests to look at what changes you have made have, have had an impact on your site and what how they've improved it and not everything's going to have a positive effect that's why you can do a b tests because it may be that your first hypothesis was was actually wrong um which is fine you know seo is all about testing and learning seo testing is, is a really good tool for doing that actually seotesting.com it allows you to like enter when you've when you've run those those tests and you can see what the results are on the back of it and that's something that we've starting to do a lot more uh here at journey further as well and it's all about the user and i, I know i keep saying that because it is that is the most important thing you know you don't want to optimize for for robots you don't even want to optimize for google google is very good at, at picking up on all these sorts of things and they can they can adjust their algorithms and they know you know basically what you're doing and if you're just chasing certain metrics then then you're going to start to see your performance affected negatively if you any change that you make if you think about it with the user in mind and how that's going to actually help them make a purchase or book an appointment then you're going to see a lot more success on the back of that well and that that applies to site speed optimization but just to any change that you want to make to your website in general i think that's kind of the key to to tech seo really and you know implementing any changes on on the back of an audit it all comes back to a user and the more happier users you've got, the more, as I say, the more chances you've got of, of conversions. Nice, nice. You know, I will use this episode to share with my clients because, uh, you know, they often ask me, I need 100% with page speed inside. I need to fix all errors that you can fix. You know, yeah, that's okay. I think nothing is wrong with that. But if you check out Amazon, you know, i I check out a few pages and I found Amazon has a red line according to page mm -hmm. speed inside, but it loads fast without any bugs, without any errors. So Amazon can change the standard, uh, but uh, because Amazon pays attention to users, I love it. You mentioned about uh, users many exactly. times. Okay, let's talk about users, how to satisfy their intent. For example, okay, uh, how technical ACO audit can help to learn more about users because I usually see uh, errors like uh, loading time. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of errors. Uh, it's hard to count all of these errors. But uh, okay, if I have this audit, you know, uh, and then I need to implement recommendations from Screaming Frog, Google Search Console, PageSpeed Insight, it doesn't matter. Just we have a list of errors. So how to choose critical errors that can help users more than search engines? It helps by knowing what the goals of the business are. So again, are they e-commerce? Are they service-based? And then from that, once you've got your list of errors, keep that in mind and be like, okay, so I can change this page title because I can see there's thousands of page titles that are too long, which is a common thing that, that comes up in, in Screaming Frog. How is that actually going to make a difference to conversion? 
probably not that much. It might help rankings depending on how well they're optimized or not and if they're actually, you know, focusing on, on the intent. But it's not actually the page titles that, that are going to help your customers to convert. That's going to be things like site speed. That's going to be things like helping them to actually find the content that they want on the site. That can be looking at things like canonicals. That can be making sure that if it's a large international business, for example, if they're, if they're in Ukraine, are they being served the Ukrainian website? If they're in the UK, are they being served the UK website and things like that? So understanding what the goals of the business are, um, you know, what's going to help them to get ROI as quickly as possible. They're paying you for service. They're paying you for your for your retained time. So how can you prove your value to them by generating more business for their business? And and that's by meeting the needs of, of the customers. Again, there's a lot of tools that will help you understand intent as well. You know, you can do that on, on SEMrush. They've got really good ways of doing that on there, but there's, there's, there's plenty of other ways. But yeah, just try to think of yourself as well as like an extension of, of their business and, and the client will actually really like that as well. So you're there to help them. So like, you know, it's not just, oh, okay, I'm working for a business that sells microphones, for example. It can be, you know, what makes this microphone work? Why do customers want a microphone? What do they want out of a microphone? And it's understanding all of this that can help you make those changes to the website and by doing that, you're you're really understanding the customer, and mm-hmm. you know, as not a lot of websites are doing that, and chances are their their competitors aren't doing that, so that will will give you and your clients the chance to to get ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Okay, let's talk about uh, choosing priorities by fixing technical errors. For example, once I spoke with a webmaster who told me that. Uh, he spent like two weeks to fix alt text uh, on his website uh, and the checkout pages. That was contact page about many other pages that we are not. Uh, we didn't have the goal to rank these pages, you know, <laughs> and it's like helpful pages. And uh, uh, I see when people don't uh, when they get technical errors, uh, hundred uh thousand errors to fix we need to choose critical errors in google search console we don't see it just google search console share shares all errors that we have uh, but in other tools we have it and uh, i often see when some tools provide obsolete information for example uh, i don't want to name these tools but for example i i got recommendations like uh you have no 2000 words on this page fix it you have no meta tech keyword, fix it. You have no, um, yeah, a lot of obsolete recommendations or related to the average date. It doesn't mean that we need to have 2000 pages every uh, 2000 words everywhere. Yeah, it depends. So, can you tell how to choose the right recommendations uh, and choose priorities? Uh, because when we have limited resources, uh, it's better to fix something that will provide results in the end. Yeah, there's there's a few ways that you can do this, and this is something that that I spent a lot of time on in in developing my audits, and I've been able to to implement them here at Journey Further, and it's like transformed the way that we conduct audits for for our clients. So, I I have my list of issues, as you mentioned, 
but I bring it all together in a tab on a spreadsheet. I use uh, spreadsheets primarily for my audits, and then if people want them in a different format after that, that's that's fine. Um, but I bring them all together on on one tab that I call the RAG, so R A G, which stands for red, amber, green. So what I do with all of my issues, I classify them based on their um, potential. So how much difference is that change likely to have? The um, the impact and also the the ease of of implementing that change and that can be the ease from a dev perspective or a de, uh, the ease from a client perspective each of those is scored out of 10 which gives us a final score out of 30 you can also do this if you want as to like high medium and low depending on on what works for you um, and then basically, when we've got all of those, then you can classify it as red, amber, green if you want. I I use both, and that tends to work really well for our clients. Um, and this all takes into account everything that that we've already said around how much is is this going to uh, affect conversions? Not everything affects conversions. Sometimes it affects visibility, and and that's fine because more visibility will eventually lead to more conversions through, you know, conducting them. Um, down the down the conversion funnel and and that's fine but just lay this out on on your rag tab or or whatever you call it so on mine as well what as i do is across the top i have them broken down in columns which is the what who when where why and how so what is the audit uh, sorry what is the issue where is it located so where can we actually see this on the site or where can we see the urls that are affected by this issue the how is okay. What are we going to do about it? How how are we going to fix it? So what's the resolution? Um, what's we got? What who when when is is like the time frame? So is this something that we're doing now? Um, can we get this into the next sprint, or is it something that's going to have to go further down the line? Who is responsible for it? So is it something that that I'm responsible for? Is it something that the wider team in your agency or the wider team in your business is is responsible for? Do the devs need to fix it? and all this sort of thing so it lays it out on this one sheet that becomes a living document that, that everyone has access to and, and we keep that updated as we're going through the sprints and it all comes down to to how how much of an impact it's going to make but the most important thing for me is it's not just a case of going straight through all the red items because that's that's the kind of easy thing to do and that's what everyone becomes tempted to do I just go straight for all the the red issues However, I find that it makes much more of an impact um, to mix it up, basically. So when I'm taking all that and put it into a roadmap, which is which is really important, I take a mix of the red items, I take a mix of the orange items, and sometimes some of the green ones, and, and do them all in, say, month one, depending on the amount of time that, that we have available. But I'll include a mix of those. And I do that because... It allows us to see ROI nice and quickly. We can move through the roadmap uh, a lot quicker by including a mix of the items. But also, because these big items, the big red items, tend to take quite a lot of time to be implemented, you've got to get other teams involved and speak to developers and brief them and make sure they understand it and then get it into the sprint and, and follow that whole process. That can be quite, quite time-consuming. And sometimes you're waiting for things to happen that are outside of your control. So while that's going on, that's when you can work on the the orange and the green items all within month one 
so you're always doing stuff you're always being active and, and the client's more likely to be appreciative of that and you know you're not just sat around waiting for things to happen so for me that's the best way to to look at the issues and prioritize them and and it's it's always worked really well for us mm-hmm. yeah love it love it okay nikki i want to ask you about some tricky question you know for example i check out uh, a few studies that companies usually implement 40% of all recommendations that specialist experts can share with them. I think sometimes even less than 40%. Uh, that's great if they <laughs> implement 20% because it depends on web developers, on uh, CMS, m- many things. So can you tell how transfer data to your clients that they will implement most recommendations uh, because uh, you know if we share a list of errors please fix it it doesn't work you know we need to find the way how to explain why why it's important how to do it where to go so any tips how to help your customers to simplify this experience of learning how to fix all these technical errors yeah, so this is one of the biggest challenges that that a lot of people face. So I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that, and that's one of the reasons why I lay out my my rag template as the way that I just mentioned, and then from there I, I plan it out into a roadmap. So you can see, like in month one, this is what we're going to be doing, and month two, month three, and and so on and so forth throughout the the rest of the time. Um, but what we've actually done here at Journey Further is we've developed a way that goes beyond that to doing this that actually emphasizes the philosophy that we have here which is clarity at speed and that's all about having direct contact with the clients but also the development teams so i developed a briefing template which is just on a word document um again that everyone has access to when it's been created so for each issue that we come across it, it goes into this briefing document and the way that it makes a really big difference is that it speaks the language that the developers understand rather than just talking SEO language about, you know, crawling and algorithms, they don't care about that. They just want to know what the issue is, where it is, why it's an issue and what they can do about it. So it's all included in this document. Obviously, there's more details than that that are included, such as things like the platform that you're using. You know, are you looking at it on Google Chrome or are you looking at it on Safari? Because a lot of the issues can be specific to, to the browser as well. So all of this is included in that and that gets passed along and this is what then goes into Jira or whatever system is is being used by the developers to track all these. And again, that goes into the sprint. And the reason why this allows us to get things done a lot quicker and get more things fixed beyond the, the 40% or, or whatever stat that it, that it was that, um, that you mentioned is because it cuts down a lot of the questions. So there's a lot less back and forth um than than what you might get otherwise as i say you're speaking the language that the developers understand so yeah it all comes down to roi and just by doing that we're getting things pushed through it makes us happier it makes the client happier and it and it makes the developers happy as well because they're they're having to spend a lot less time asking us questions and wondering what we're talking about and, and why it matters because it's all there in this document and it's different for for each client as well and that's because, you know, I ask them what information they need to know ahead of time. And then that's all what goes into to each document for, for each one, you know, is even little things like knowing how the development, 
how the development team classify issues. For example, some of them use T-shirt sizing, as it's known, which is basically just large, medium, small, extra large, things like that. And just knowing the little differences in the terminology that they use internally, by using that on your documents, they know where then they need to fit that into their own scope of work. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Okay, Nikki. You know, I want to ask you about the topic that it's hard to ignore today. That was simple, hard today, impossible to borrow about AI. You know, I think mm -hmm. AI is uh, a must-have tool today uh, for marketers, for content creators. Uh, I think it's a must-have tool for many industries, but I still see when uh, other industries can ignore this tool, like uh, accounting. Uh, yeah, uh, we can name them, but uh, yeah, uh, in marketing, it's a must-have. And uh, can you tell how to use AI in technical optimization do you use ai today because yeah i use ai a lot to create content to edit to translate to generate uh, headlines uh, many things uh, but what about technical optimization how to use ai today yeah like i i do use it and you know it's it's something that's becoming increasingly popular as you say you just can't rely on it 100 but you know we're always going to need that human element but you can also use tools to validate it so for example i've used ai to generate schema markup so you know i'll have a website that sells or offers a certain thing and then i'll give chat gpt like the prompt of um you know something online to generate organization schema for this website or generate um, product schema for this website and then it will it'll, it'll give me the schema markup i'll check it myself and see that all the information in there is is correct because you know it, it can only get a certain amount of of things uh right and then once i've got like a degree of of confidence in that then i'll use like the schema validation tool or the rich results tool to then actually check that what it's generated is is correct one of the ways you can do it also things like in, in google search console if you want to get some specific information instead of using like the, the, the typical filters that that come with search console you can use regex this can be can be hard to understand and sometimes you know just getting one character wrong within your your regular expression can can mean that the whole thing is wrong so you can ask gpt like you know give me a, a regex expression that will allow me to do x Uh, and that is is a really good way of of doing it. Um, also, spreadsheet formulas, you know, as as SEOs and as as people in marketing, we use spreadsheets a lot. Um, but sometimes, you know, if you're using like a combination of of formulas or just you've got a huge amount of data to work with, it's hard to know exactly how to get your formulas correct. So you can you can work with ChatGPT to to help you do that and come up with with a formula that will allow you to to do whatever you need. So it's just about using it in the right way. Definitely not getting it to, to do our jobs for others because nobody wants that and don't rely on it too much either because then you're going to fall into other issues. But just using it to, to help you and just to work a little bit smarter. Nice, nice. Nikki, let me ask you about something that I often do. Not often, always. I always do because I test a lot, experiment, and I often fail. You know, especially when I try something new uh, or even if I want to update something. Yeah, that's okay, you know, to fail, to learn from failures. Can you list 
mistakes that webmasters still do in technical SEO and your tips how to find another way uh, to avoid these mistakes and yeah to get things right uh, from the first attempt yeah it's it's a difficult one because every website has like different issues and different challenges that they face even if they're in the same industry and, and selling the same sort of services or products but one issue that, that always comes up is is images everybody still has massive images and i feel like that's something that marketers and seos and everybody else has been talking about for years is, you know you don't need huge images yes they look great and yes we know that you need to show off your great products or if you're like a, in the real estate business of course you need to show how big and attractive this house is on on the website completely agree with that completely understand that but you don't need to have a full retina 5000 pixel image displayed on your website when it's more than not only going to be displayed on a mobile device with a screen of like this sort of size not even that you know it's it's a tiny mobile screen compared to the size of the image you can still have a high quality image it doesn't just doesn't need to be 5000 pixels and they full retina so it's things you know getting rid of the the exif data which you can various image optimization tools and that exif data is things like where the photo was taken the device was used to take it time of day it was taken even the weather sometimes all of this is automatically included on your images and makes them a lot heavier so you can use tools to automatically get rid of that but also knowing what size it's going to be displayed out on the page and just resizing your down to that will make a massive difference and it'll it'll make your pages load faster coming back to site speed again yeah. but loading fast makes your webs uh, your users happier again it's all about why you're making these changes but yeah images um images always come up um I'm trying to think of what else like canonicals people not using canonicals correctly and no indexing pages accidentally or not even realize that They've, they've set things up in, in the way that they have and, and why it can have uh, a detrimental effect. But canonicals are, are another common one. Yeah, got it, got it. Okay, Nick, I want to ask about your strong side. Uh, can you tell why Nikki uh, Halliwell is better than other uh, marketing SEO? specialist who can help with technical SEO audit. You know, yeah, it's interesting because I found that uh, many CEOs uh, are great with some strong side. For example, Olga Zar is better than me in technical SEO. Uh, Ferry uh, Kazoni is better in PR. Uh, Jeff Cole is better in advanced strategy. Lily Ray can beat me in one side about EEAT. So, we are different and uh, almost all marketers have their strong side. So can you tell what is your strong side and why you can help better than other CEOs today uh, with technical SEO audit? I, my expertise is in, is in technical SEO and that's what I've always focused on. Um, so, you know, if, if you've got a problem with, with keywords and content, then... Yeah, I can probably help you with that. But there's also plenty of other people, many of which you've just named, that you know yeah. can can do a better job of that for me. But for technical issues and that's things around crawling and indexing and, and everything that we've already spoke about today, then that's definitely where, where I can help you. Um, 
my audits have I've developed in a, in a completely bespoke way that really gets to the bottom of the issues, and it's it's not a one size fits all approach that that a lot of other people do. Mine's completely bespoke to to your business, what you need, and and also what you can do about it. And I think that's that's the big difference. Anyone can do an audit, but who can do an audit well that's actually going to make a difference for the business and have something that they can actually implement on the back of that. Um, I also spend a lot of time understanding the business and what it is that you want to get out of it. So why why do you want the audit and and how do you see this helping you? And again, I tailor all of that into it. And that very much ties into the philosophy again that, that we have at Journey Further, which is the agency that, that I work at. And, you know, it's, it's why we work so well here and we, we implement a lot of that. And it's just about really understanding your clients and what it is that they need, but also what are the challenges that they're facing and how you can work around that. I mean, we had it um, recently with, with a business that we were speaking to where had an issue with hreflang and everybody so this was part of a pitch process that we were going for. a lot of the other agencies were also talking about hreflang but they already knew that that was an issue and they actually were already the business was already fixing it it was uh, coming up in in the next sprint release but a lot of the other agencies just kept saying oh you need to fix this you need to fix this but what they told everyone ahead of time is we know about this don't tell us about that we we're already sorting it what else do we need to do but nobody did apart from us. So, you know, we, we looked at it and we, we pointed it out when we said that that's an issue, but we know you're dealing with it, but actually the opportunity that you have for your business is over here. And we, we pointed that out. So it's just, again, listening to your business and just talking about the things that mattered. So that that was a challenge for them. We knew that they were already sorting it. And that's, that's why we won the business is because we, we listened and, you know, we, we laid out what they needed to do in, in other areas. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Nikki, uh, let's talk about your experience. You know, I found that I usually get uh, good results with clients who understand SEO. So if they don't, I usually tell them, take my course, learn from Mike Phillips, Jeff Coyle, Lily Ray, Chelsea Alice, many other great experts, uh, because it costs like uh, $10-$20, not a lot, but you can learn from the best. Uh, and uh, I'm interested about your experience for example if you started today from scratch without any experience knowledge skills it's your first day in SEO. you just uh, left musician industry and going to become uh, an SEO expert in one day so what will you do today to learn more about SEO? read um and that's that's exactly what i did so i spent a lot of time on twitter following you know, all of these amazing people and just seeing what they're talking about and also the publications that they're writing about and that they're sharing uh, on theirs because those are obviously then trusted trusted publications that clearly what they're talking about so I'd go to them for more information but actually the most important thing for me was my own website and that was just like a, a hobby website about something that I was interested in at the time um and the reason that that was the most impactful is because I could break it. You know, if nowadays, if I break a website, then that's going to have very big uh, impacts on the business. And in some cases, it can cost millions of pounds. But if it's my own website, then if I break it, it doesn't matter. You know, I can fix it and it's, and it's going to cost me any money and, and nobody's going to tell me off. Um, I can just, you know, 
get it back online in in no time but actually by breaking it that's how you learn what what does and doesn't work and that's again it's it's what seo is test and learn seo testing as as i mentioned earlier is is a great tool for that um but yeah so you know i'd i'd have a hypothesis back in the day or i'd i'd read an article online that someone had shared so i'd want to know how that worked so i could try it on my website and and see what difference it made and sometimes it was good and sometimes it was bad but then i would learn why that was and how I could perhaps apply that to other businesses and then once I was confident I could then start to apply those things in different scenarios and in different ways to my clients and that's that's actually yeah. I think the the best way to do it is yeah, to have your own nice awesome awesome love it love it Nikki it's a big pleasure to get my show to learn from you you share a lot of valuable insights love it thank you Thanks a lot for your time. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, I mean, I've got my uh, personal website at nickihalliwell.com. I have an audit website, which is techseoaudit.com. I'm on Twitter um, at Nikki R. Halliwell. Um, also, I've started a TikTok recently, which is which is interesting. It's, it's something brand new to me, but I'm sharing like quick tips on there. That's quite fun. Um, LinkedIn, I'm on there as well. Just type in my name and, and you'll find me there. I have a newsletter, um, which is Tech SEO Tips. Um, and also check us out at Journey Further. So that's just journeyfurther.com. And we've got plenty of information on there as well as case studies and things that, that we've done well and, and we help businesses, you know, how we can do the same for you. And there's there's lots of great information on there as well on the blog. My colleagues part an article the other day about um, how, they're, how they're using data and you know to to make a difference and just you know really digging down and, and segmenting that data and, and why it's important there's, there's plenty of information out there and yeah just just always keep learning it doesn't matter how many years you've been in the industry whether it's one day or 10 years there's, there's always new things happening so it's i mean that's why i like seo because it's it's always new and there's always something to to learn so you know as long as you're prepared and, and you're learning it's it's a great industry to to be in i find Nice, nice. Awesome, awesome. Guys, you can find links uh, to the personal website, to Twitter, LinkedIn account in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, thanks again for your time. Welcome back. Anytime back to share more valuable insights. I love it. So valuable. I'm going to use your tips. I'm pretty sure that all my listeners will use it. And guys, thanks a lot for listening watching us. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.